American Toffee Podcast, your source for stateside views on Everton Football Club. Hosted by Alex Johnson and James Boyman. Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the American Toffee Podcast. My name is James, joined as always by my co-host, Alex. Hello, hello. And our favorite regular recurring guest. It's none other than the polarizing Twitter persistent poster himself, Ryan Williams. Yeah, apparently I have too much time on my hands, but happy to be here, guys, <laughs> and not on Twitter. <laughs> we can't, couldn't keep you off the show, Ryan. Needed to give you an outlet to uh, that's a little bit more long-winded to voice all of your opinions. I've been very respectful recently. I, I, at least I try. You've been good. <laughs> I, I know. No, you've been good. You've been good. And yep. we've got some interesting stuff to get through today. We have some transfer rumors, but before we get into all of those tidbits of news, we did want to just shoot a quick reminder out to you guys. If you haven't already listened to our interview with Tim Howard, ever heard of him, go back and check out that interview about a month and a half ago in June, end of June. Really good listen. And if you also haven't listened to our 1920 squad assessment mega episode, it will be right below this one in our feed. Check that out as well. We had two hours of in-depth analysis, statistics, opinions on players we should buy, sell, and keep. The whole nine, we really uh, did it up for that one. So check that out because it will provide a little bit of additional context for the rumors that we're about to chat about. Now, before we, again, one more bit of business before we get into the news, we have preseason matches announced. It's crazy because in a normal year, we would be preparing for preseason right now. The players returning to Finch Farm, I believe today or yesterday, but we do have preseason announcements. So we will be taking on Blackpool from League One on August 22nd, just a week away. And then after that, we will be playing Blackburn from the championship on 9-1. And so if you are interested in watching those matches, I know I certainly am. They will be available streaming live for official members on the Everton FC website. So if you're not already an official member, get on it, sign up, because I'm excited to see what what comes from those two matches. I think we also uh, have an unannounced friendly with Black Country Rangers. Uh, that's coming up soon from the West Midlands. Yes. DCR, baby. They're tough, I've heard. And uh, Blackfield Langley might be on the on the slate, too. The uh, the Watersiders. They were just promoted from Southern League One South, guys. Uh, I wouldn't take them lightly. You know, we've we don't know where uh, that is. We don't know what that is. <laughs> it's it's the premier division south. I mean, it's south. This is, <laughs> is this hard. Okay. Southern League. It's got to be. South we in the may, totem pole, Ryan. We, we may t- we may have to take on the Blackstones too, um, from the United Countries League Division One, and their nickname is the the Stones. They, <sighs> that's I mean, that's a great nickname. You can't they were you can't up hit on the Stones, not the Rolling Stones, one. just the no. Stones. Tenth we'll division, tenth <laughs> division, and we'll also be taking on Sunderland, the or rather, yeah, Sunderland, the Black Cats. We're just going to have a full-on preseason of clubs with black in the name. going to be a whole to-do. It'll be great. How much more but black I am could actually it be? None, none more black. None more black. Not Could not be more black. Now, we are going to go. get into the matters of the day. Let's kick things off. So, one, I know we've all been patiently waiting, outgoing, sell, players being sold. This is the first real material rumor that's that's come about and it's an interesting one. It's certainly polarizing. So according to the Daily Mail, Newcastle are preparing a £12 million bid for none other than Everton midfielder Tom Davies. Ryan, we'll throw it to you first. We're going to go one to five scale. How likely do you think this rumor is 
true? And then give us your take on it. Well, it does seem like it makes sense. So I have, to, I'm going to get it about a three. Um, I generally distrust almost all rumors, uh, but this one kind of might have some legs. You know, he's English, Steve Bruce. I could see him liking Tom Davies a little bit. You know, I could see him playing kind of higher up, even though they play behind the ball a lot. He likes to kick people. That may make some sense. Um, is it a good move or not? Uh, obviously we went into this on depth, uh, in depth in the, the previous squad assessment. I think we pretty much universally said, or at least I thought for sure, I, I don't see him being in the team, uh, next year. I, I just don't see how he could possibly fit in. I think we need a different type of player, but, uh, maybe a loan where he can play a more attacking role somewhere else. He could maybe reestablish value, but I got to admit 12 million. It's not a lot. I would think he's worth more than that. Um, he's still young. He's 22, but God, 12 million can go a long way. I feel like in this current environment, I don't know. It's a tough call. Uh, he wouldn't be the first person out the door, but you can't really sequence these things perfectly sometimes. So Alex, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think it makes sense for Newcastle from their perspective. It makes sense, right? They need homegrown players or English players on their, on their roster. He's young with so much upside and let's not forget, I mean, he's got 100-plus Premier League appearances at the age of 22, so he is experienced to a certain degree. So I think from Newcastle's perspective, it makes a lot of sense. But from Everton's perspective, I think it's just hard for fans to let go a 22-year-old that we've had and held so much um, hope for over the last couple of years. But at the same time, you're saying you've been in the first-team squad for a handful of years. You haven't necessarily made your mark. Last season was really bad. And, you know, from a, from a personal standpoint, you know, does, does he need to be at Everton or does he need to be playing somewhere? And, and, and I see, especially if we're sticking with a flat 4-4-2, if, if that happens, I'm not saying we are, but if that happens next season, I just don't see where he fits it either. James? Yeah, I'm inclined to agree. I mean, it, it's safe to say that Tom Davies has completely stagnated in his development since he debuted in the first team for Everton. Would he benefit from a change of scenery where he can maybe play in the attacking midfield role that he really wants to play in so desperately. I think there's a lot of upside potentially for him as a player to move on. I just think with the way that our squad is currently composed, we just, we just can't be letting central midfielders go until we have suitable replacements. And I know that you can't really dictate like the order that things happen. And we could use the funds that we sell them for to obviously bolster the same area of the field. But for me, I, I just don't think that he's reached his ceiling. I would hate to see him make a move and then flourish somewhere else as much as it might be good for the player on a, on a personal level. As far as validity, I agree, Alex. It does make sense from Newcastle's perspective, bolster their midfield ranks, get uh, an English player, homegrown player in. So I would say it's probably a four on the realistic scale, but whether it will actually come off, I'm highly doubtful that we're going to let Tom Davies go this window. I know a lot of fans want him gone, but for me, we just we just can't afford to let him go quite yet. At least permanently, right? Right. And yeah, no, we, I mean, we talked about it on the squad assessment. Alone would probably be a really, a really shrewd move for, for both the player and the club. Get him some regular game time and, and see what comes from there and, and probably increase his value if he's able to, to cement his place in another Premier League side. I cannot help but think about how upset Dominic Calvert Lewin would be when Tom oh Davies God. goes to Newcastle and finds a new best buddy in Alan St. Maxim and starts wearing Gucci headbands. I'm just saying he's going to be jealous. So I don't know if we can do it. There's just some intangibles nope. there that you can't, you can't discount the, the level of fashion, the, the fits that would be 
going around that locker room between the two of them would be a sight to behold. I have no. I mean, that being said, though, Alan, guys, Alan St. Maximum may be heading our way. I mean, there's a very credible rumor <laughs> out there from, <laughs> from Keith Azul. I mean, if there's one guy you could trust out there, who is it? It's Keith Azul. It's, it's Keith Azul. It's Keith Azul. Of course. Um, yeah, I can't stand him as a player, by the way. <laughs> I'm in, sorry. I just can't. In terms of the fits, I don't know if you saw Marcel Brands, Carlo Ancelotti, and Duncan Ferguson posted up Ooh. yesterday. Yeah, they because look good. I'm pretty sure they might also be able to fill in for Tom Davies in the fit department if Dominic Calvert Lewin really needed. They also kind of looked, didn't you feel like that maybe they had something in the trunk and they were kind of like scoping it out and they were going to go and get the weapons and just clear house somewhere too? You know, you've got like Dunk 100%. with this, you know, kind of big Chris looking like, you know, tracksuit. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Carlos are looking like the Capitan and like. Brands is just kind of playing low key in his jeans, but he is absolutely ready to bludgeon someone. No question. Yeah. So. Oh yeah. Cutthroat. No mercy. I mean, Carlo and Marcel are a walking GQ cover. They're like unbelievable. <laughs> it's incredible. Yeah. Let's, let, let's hope they get that GQ fashion sense into their brains a little bit today and get some guys that can play, play football for us. That would be nice. Yeah. I think that should be our number one priority. I mean, the, the fashion sense in the squad probably outweighs the footballing sense in, in a lot of <laughs> Yeah. Ways. That needs to change. That yeah. needs to change. You need some Let's, more people uh, that are willing to bludgeon someone. Exactly. Exactly. 100%. So let's, uh, let's move on to the next rumor. So that's the only real outgoing player rumor that, that we've seen in the last couple of weeks, but there is an interesting or several interesting potential incoming players. So this comes from Alan Myers. We love Alan Myers. Blue, great guy. The rumor is that Everton and Fulham have joined Sheffield United. In the race to sign Wigan Athletic left back Anthony Robinson, also, of course, a U.S. international. Allegedly, the Yorkshire club had bid had a bit of two million accepted by Wigan earlier this week. I believe there's something in uh, when, when Everton, of course, sold Anthony Robinson to Wigan that we have right of first refusal. So that's where we kind of come into play. I'll throw it to Alex first. Alex, what do you make of this rumor? I will say that. Alan Myers as a source is a very good source. So in terms of the validity of the rumor, I feel like it's probably very solid. From Everton's perspective, I don't know how much it makes sense. I know that Wigan Athletic were impressed by him and he had some good performances. Obviously, Leighton Baines has retired. We're looking to fill in that that left back spot, the backup left back spot. But at the same time, you got to wonder, why would he want to come back? I'd, I'm not sure why he'd want to come back and sit second fiddle. We know that there's no way we're going to let Lucas Dean leave and only sign Anthony Robinson because there's no way he could be a starter for Everton. I just don't see why this would why this would come off or, or why Anthony Robinson would want to. Ryan, what about you? And you got a Allen is normally spot on. He normally doesn't say stuff unless he's got a pretty good feel for it, but. Entering the race is far from winning the race. And I, I agree with you, Alex. I, why would he come back? Um, my guess is that, yes, we may eventually look at a backup left back. I could see one maybe coming in on loan. But ultimately, um, you have Delph that can cover there. I know everyone hates Fabian Delph. But you have him who can cover. You know, he he's shown to be able to play the position before in the past. And obviously, we have um, Nikunku who came in. Uh, I don't think he's quite ready for that, but you know, they have enough time to assess how he is and the window doesn't close until October. So in theory, maybe you get a last minute loan if you needed to. Um, 
so yes, maybe entered. Doesn't make sense, Alex, just like you, I think. So I, I'd be a little surprised if it happens. James, what do you think? I mean, guys, if he comes back, this is like it's the return of the Jedi. Like it's it's such it's such a good headline. Uh, the Liverpool. <laughs> it, come on, yeah, that's good. That's a, that's a good line. I'm proud of that one. I had that one in the in the holster, ready to ready to fire off uh, when I saw that this is this link. But you know, honestly, it, it was interesting because there was an article that came out this week uh, with Anthony Robinson shedding some light behind the scenes of his initial transfer to Wigan from Everton. And essentially, he sat down with Brands and the rest of the Everton hierarchy, and they laid out the situation. We have Luca Dean. We can't let Leighton Baines go after losing Phil Jagielka last summer. We need to keep those core captain-type players in the squad. We can't let Leighton go, and so you, you're just a third choice right now, and you're young and need to play. And he seemed like it was a really straightforward and transparent conversation, which he appreciated. Would he now come back just to be second fiddle to Luca Dean? I don't know, especially in a scenario where... He's starting regularly for Wigan and, you know, Sheffield United could potentially use a player like him aside with maybe aspirations that, although Sheffield, of course, finished far above us this season, where I, I just don't know if he fits or is the caliber of player that we need at a left back. You know, if we're looking for a left wing back, that's one thing, but I do think his, his, the defensive side of his game is a little bit suspect. So despite the enticing potential headline, I just don't really see this one coming off. So you would argue that it is not a new hope. Oh, uh, okay, Ryan, you groan at me, and then you're throwing that out there. <laughs> oh, geez, all listeners, let's move on. <laughs> let's, yes, we're sorry, sorry for that, folks. Sorry, we sorry. So bad. God, I'm sorry. I shouldn't have said that. No, that's <laughs> okay. No, I was not expecting that. That was a good one. That was very quick. All right, let's uh, but let's move on for the sake of everyone listening before they tune us off. If they haven't God. already. So this one comes from Toffee Targets by way of uh, Ryan Taylor Sport. This is Ibrahim Sangare and Abdulia Dokore are among the options being considered by Everton's hierarchy in an attempt to bolster the midfield. Obviously, Dokore rumors have been flying around every transfer window since Marco Silva joined the club, and he does seem like a decent fit for style of, of midfielder that we're looking for. We'll go to Ryan on this one first. I know Sangari is a really, really popular player in the scouting community. Talk a little bit about, about both those players and the likelihood that they might end up at Everton. Well, the rumor is likely is five because, yeah, I'm sure they're being considered. I mean, what the heck does that mean? You know, like, they're congratulations, the Ryan Taylor Sport. You're really going out there on a limb there. They're being considered like they have a heartbeat and they can play central midfield. That's basically they're being considered. Wow. Really, really big risk. there. Yeah. I mean, I love Ibrahim Sangre. You know, he's huge, obviously, 6'3", six, 6'4". Six, I think he works best as kind of a sitting six. You know, he's kind of a quick passing guy. He likes to play with tempo. But he basically, for Toulouse was so bad, they were so brutal to watch this year, he in essence had to carry the ball a lot more and kind of push forward. So he has that in his bag. I think the criticism of him is they think maybe he's not quite technically there. Uh, he's still very young. Um, I, I don't see massive technical issues with him. Uh, he's not an overly expansive player. You see moments of it, you know, every now and then. Uh, but man, he's an elite ball winner and there's no question about that. And he would give us a physical element. I think he can get a lot better too. Um, Decore, we've seen him now for years. I love him. He's one of my absolute favorite players. I think a lot of Watford fans feel like he, he took a step back this year and didn't play as well. Uh, to me, maybe that could have had to do with the multiple coaches and they had him pushed up playing as a 10, which I just don't think is really right for him. 
Sangri's a little more of a sitting six. I see him being a little bit more disciplined, even if he's active and energetic. Decore, I think, can can play a little bit more higher. So I could see him being a box-to-box. But those guys could play really well together, honestly. And I could see Decore playing with Bameen, too. Um, I love him, but he's 27 years old. It's just a matter of, of functional price. I think he'd be outstanding, though. I, I've, he's, I wish he was with us a couple years ago. He's always been one of my favorite. The work rate is unbelievable. He never stops running. He's got some goals. He can win the ball. Um, yeah, so I see great fit there, too. But I just if, if money's tight and we're going to get to another rumor about Allen here in a second, um, I can't imagine us going for both to Corey and Allen. So um, but we're just guessing in terms of budget. But I think either would help for sure. I mean, either of them uh, or definitely represent an upgrade and could, I think, fit. Sangre and Bameen are a little bit similar in a way, um, but Sangre could play a little higher up in the pitch and win balls and and JPG could sit behind him. So um, that's a lot. Uh, I, I wouldn't be upset with either. But um, Sangre is certainly the most cost effective buy. you know, younger talent, big upside, wouldn't be that expensive. I think I saw that he has a release clause of under 15 million. So, Alex, over to you. Listen, we've been hearing these two names for seemingly legitimately our entire lives. I think both, as you said, Ryan, would be good fits in the Everton midfield. Obviously, in terms of the likelihood of the rumor, well, the rumor is the rumor, right? Like options are being considered. It makes sense. No big risk. So my your your sentiments, Ryan, are echoed. I mean, I do really. hope they look at him, though, Alex, you know what right. I mean? Because I think yeah. either could could provide a good option, especially Sangre. I'd be extremely excited about either one of them. Yeah, I think I think just any Decore I think really does complement Bamin very well. Um Sangar Sangare, Sangare, however you want to say it. Not a player I'm I'm all too familiar with, but I've heard rave reviews about him. I do think he fits the profile of the signing that we're trying to make as a club right now with like you said, Ryan Young with a ton of upside, a player that we could more than likely turn a profit on in a few years' time and in the meantime. Provide a bit of that that resolve and it's, you know, guys ready to to beat people up in midfield, physical players, a body that can really play on the defensive side of the ball, which as we know from our squad assessment, we're severely lacking. So either would be a good fit. I think they're they're both excellent players. I'd I'd be surprised if Watford are super intent on doing business with us at this point in time, but I, I do think that they both would offer something different in our midfield and so something that we also desperately need. So let's move on now to the rumor. This rumor has been circling now. Gosh, it's been months now. Almost, I believe it started to surface shortly after Ancelotti arrived at the club. And this is, of course, coming from his former club, Napoli. Everton allegedly in advance talks to sign Allen, the midfielder from Napoli. Supposedly, there's an agreement coming as soon as next week. He's agreed on personal terms. And the rumor is that it's the, the deal could be in the region of $30 million. We'll go to Alex first. Alex, what do you make of Allen? Good or bad? I mean, I think Allen's a great player, right? Like, we've been seeing the, the the rumor forever, but then you think, well, you know, that's classic, right? Like, who from Napoli are we not going to be linked with? To be fair, I think Allen was probably the first major link we had to Na- Napoli. Um, but it's also a classic, right? Like, when a manager comes here, especially after getting fired like a couple months after, or previously, excuse me, you're going to get linked to their players. Uh, likelihood, I'm not sure. It seems to be widely reported. It's been talked about forever, so I feel like it has a decent amount of legs. You know, Allen as a player is great, fits exactly what we need in central midfield. The only thing I'm worried about is it might be a short-term signing. It's a big number for a player, especially since we still need to offload plenty, in my mind. Also, he's up there in age, so so the sell-on value, 
I don't, well, I know, I don't think would be there at all in, let's say, even, you know, two, three years. Ryan, what about you? He's a good player. Yeah, the age thing is a, is an issue. Uh, so I think this speaks to more of kind of a philosophical or kind of strategic approach to purchasing. Uh, one of the thoughts is that, look, we don't have the money or the revenue, frankly, until we cut big salary. And we've started and hopefully we'll be successful in doing that this window that other clubs have. Uh, that we're competing directly with. So the bottom line is we, we, I know everyone wants us to buy these ready-made players, but we don't have the money to do that. So here's an example of a guy that if we allocate say 30 million pounds to this guy, that's gone. Whereas I understand the philosophy where you get a guy like Ibrahim Singare and maybe like my guy, you know, uh, Enoch Mwempu and for the same amount. And who knows those guys really gel and they're both talented. They can end up being worth, you know, two or three times that downstream. And now you can go buy an Allen and when you sell one, because you got plenty of money to do that. So I hesitate a little bit by saying great idea, but there is a scenario where it does make sense. And I hate this term. I'm going to use it. Plus it has something to do with this terrible star Wars theme. <laughs> I would argue that he could be a force multiplier. Oh God. I hate that word. Wow. Um, yeah, I know, but, but I, 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 I know, but in all seriousness, in all seriousness, I hate the term. I think it's absolute garbage most of the time when it's used. But in this case, I think the theory is that if you surround, if, if you want to change the culture of a club, it would be helpful to have a good player with the right attitude that plays a significant role. And if you've watched him play for Napoli, he's a little guy, but he's commanding. You know, he's pointing out to where people should be. He's vocal. He's also a little bit of an adaptable player. He can play almost as a sitting six. He can play a little higher. His passing is wonderful. So when we did our squad assessment, what did we talk about? We had issues with possession. Our passing was bad. And we didn't do a good job of taking the ball back from other players. So what is he really good at? Taking the ball away, keeping the ball, moving the ball progressively, and passing. I mean, you know, it's hard to argue that he isn't a very good fit. I, I do have a little bit of concern to the age and the size. He's a little guy. Um, he's, he's a little quicker than maybe people realize, you know. But, yeah, it's just whether you believe in that philosophy or not. So, me, instinctively, I say it's a bad idea because of the philosophy because I just think it'd be impossible to compete. But you got to trust Carl a little bit on this. If he really feels like he needs that player and maybe we can ship out as many of the old guys as possible, then I'm all for it. I love the player, too. So, I have to admit, I, I would love I would love to see him wearing the shirt, but I, I just, there is this predominant thought that what do we care about what we spend? Well, we care what we spend because it limits our ability to buy people. I mean, why are we up against financial fair play? It's because the guys from 1718 added 40 million, 50 million pounds a week to our salaries. And that's what's killing us. So shedding enough salary, I suppose we can make it work, but God, I mean, 25 in this climate, 30 mil for a 29 year old. So he would have to be a force multiplier oh i hate using it um but you guys know what i mean like is that yeah he makes no, everyone totally. around him better he inspires the rest of the team he's a role model of the young people that type of thing right i mean the spider web that spreads from a strong central midfielder right he, he links up so many different areas of the pitch where that could be extremely valuable you it could be one of the most i mean it's, it's got to be the most pressing area for us to improve this summer so maybe splashing the whatever percentage of our budget, I'd imagine a significant amount, 30 million on him would be, you know, a really good short term move. I, I think it's hard to argue against the fact that it would be a probably maybe a little short sighted, but for a club that finished 12th, that's looking to move up the table. He, he could provide an immediate return and really, you know, start to knit together aspects of the squad that have seemed very disjointed now for 
quite a long period of time. So I'm in favor of it. I also know that Marcel will not sign him for too much. You know, the, the man is a shrewd negotiator. So 30 million could end up being 20, 25. That's still a little high for me, but I, I don't hate the idea. An experienced player really, it, it's hard to, for an area that we need to improve so desperately, it's hard to kind of take a punt on a guy who you don't know how well he's going to adapt to the league. And, and Allen may not adapt well either, but a younger guy who's who's far less experienced, you know, Allen's done it on, on in the Champions League and some of the highest stages in world football. So I think he's a little bit more of a short bet, at least in my opinion. I think in isolation, though, I mean, $30 million for him is fine. I just, yeah, you know, for us, right. the club is at the right, are we the in the right position to do that? Like, I'm, you know what I mean? So I, I think that is, that matters. I mean, some people yeah. think it doesn't, but. You know, from another perspective, very quickly, you also think, and James, you make a good point because I didn't, I didn't consider necessarily his ad- adaptation to the league. I know we usually talk about that pretty regularly, but some players, you look at them and you see their ability and, and it doesn't necessarily occur to you that that could still happen. Nonetheless, I think the other thing that we have to consider is the fact that this guy, if he does come in and adapt to the league and he plays well in Carlo's system, which you could assume he would because he's played under Carlo before. He could legitimately be our best player in the squad. And so then you figure, depending on how we can, how our window goes with financial fair play and other offloading, uh, offloading other players, you know, that could be a completely different conversation too. So it's an interesting debate. I feel like it can go any way and only time will tell. And allegedly the deal is supposed to be completed this week. So stay tuned for that one, folks. Seems to be the most quickly developing rumor that we have on the table. Now let's move on to the next deal that is being potentially, oh, flouted around. So this comes from scouts attending by way of Toffee Targets. Everton are interested in FC Colm Striker. I'm going to butcher this pronunciation, but John Cordoba. It seems Cordoba. the way it's spelled. Cordoba. John Cordoba. Sure. Ryan, I'm I'm suspecting that you probably have the most knowledge of this player, considering you know the pronunciation. So <laughs> no, I, I, know, first I know on this one. I know the player. Um, he's had an amazing year. Uh, he was actually in the second division last year. Um, he's just kind of been one of those guys that's been touted for a long time as being kind of like a super big, talented guy. He's like six two. He's not slow either. He's a big, strong guy. Um, he's like many, and this is where I go back to my I guess my north. North American kind of knowledge. He started out, um, made a move to Mexico from Colombia, which happens a lot, actually. You know, did okay in La Liga, but never really broke through or anything. But I mean, he scored 20 goals in the second Bundesliga with, uh, with Cone last year and scored 13 this year. And his numbers per minute are ridiculous. But I mean, he's 27. I would be very surprised if this is true. I, I would give this about a one. My guess is this is his agent drumming up interest for him to get one last payday. He has played a couple times on the right wing, but I don't see him being as a, a right winger. But he's also not like a pure target guy or anything like this. He can run with it a bit. Hard to argue the numbers, man. And he, he does have the physical aspects that would make him, I think, a decent player in the Premier League. He's just a little inconsistent. I mean, it's not like if he came on he would be threatening, I think, any of our any of our top three. I, I just I don't see it. I mean, even if you move Jank, I, I just I don't see a massive need for a center forward. And I think most likely what would happen is say say they move Walcott because he's in his, he's in his last year. I think maybe we'd get more of a hybrid that could be like the fourth striker as well as an outside player. That's my take. I, I don't know what you guys think. That makes the most sense, right? Because we can't even find minutes for Moyes Keen, right? Like, why <laughs> yeah, why right. would anyone waste their time tweeting about like? a decent striker 
in in the Bundesliga when since Project Restart, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, or since Carlo Ancelotti came, let me rephrase that, Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison had such a good partnership up top. We've got Moyes Keen waiting. Obviously, Jenk Tosin's got that injury, but as you said, I'm not sure how we move him on with such a long-term injury. For me, it, it doesn't seem worth a punt, and we have far bigger issues to attend to. Yeah, I'm going to agree completely with Alex on this. It's just, it's an area that, okay, could we... You can always use another striker. You can always use more potential for goals in the squad, but is he realistically going to get significant minutes? I don't see why we would give allocate minutes to a 27-year-old when we have three really up-and-coming, strong potential strikers already waiting in the wings. It, it, it's one that just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Of all the areas in the squad to improve, I'd argue that probably strikers are our area of least concern. So I'm going to put the likelihood that this is legit at a one very low and it makes even less sense than that from Everton's perspective as to why we might bring him in so doesn't seem very likely but we figured we'd throw it out just in case anyone you know is trying to stay up to date with all the latest rumors valid or not now moving on to our last subject of the day this comes from Kuba Sawarian the name pronunciation is rough today ladies and gentlemen but we have been linked with 16-year-old Polish goalkeeper Bartek Malizewski of Jagiellonia. And supposedly within two weeks, we're going to sign him for a fee of around 500,000 euros with bonuses. I know Ryan texted us this morning, said he was scouring his resources for <laughs> footage of this kid. And Ryan, just to give people a little background, what, let, let us know what you dug up on this kid. So little. Uh, I think I saw I saw one match and it was like the U16s of Poland versus Georgia. And um, it was at this like pastoral field, presumably somewhere in Eastern Europe. And, you know, Poland, I don't think he had a shot on goal against him. I think Georgia had like five attempts. I, you know, I saw him jump up in the air for a couple crosses, fumbled one ball. He looked tall. You know, I mean, he didn't look like a total clutch with the ball this feet. That's all I got. I mean, no scout, scout would ever sit there and say, we're good. Yeah, I mean, that's absurd, right? I mean, no scout. That's one where, like, the scout shows up, middle of nowhere, watches this, and he's like, yeah, I wish I was. Maybe maybe I should have been scouting someone in attack for Poland. Uh, so I, I have no idea. I have no idea. I, I will say this, though. It is a little bit strange if you think about it because, you know, not that. Well, I, I've been curious at what they're going to do with Joe Virginia frankly. And I thought DeFridis Hansen, you know, maybe I'm just want him to be there because he's like one of the only Americans at the club is kind of well thought of as a keeper. And they kind of all rotated in the U23s, um, the three youth keepers we had. So I think it'd be, it would be slightly interesting though, I have to admit. So if he's good, I mean, I, I just can't see, Joe Virginia seemed like he was very much kind of Marco Silva's guy. So I don't know. I got this feeling that maybe he's on his way out. I, I felt that way for a while. I don't know if that's really going to happen, but I just feel like Jow is going to move on somewhere. So if that's the case, yeah, maybe it makes sense. But no, man, you can't tell. I mean, Kuba seemed like he, he was there was a very good player and a very good prospect in that Jagiellonia, which I swear to God, that is a real team, um, <laughs> even though it's like Phil Jagiellonia. <laughs> Phil, Phil bought, a, bought a team. Wow. In Poland. Cool. Yeah, right. Um, exactly. Yeah. It's, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's, I don't know, he, uh, Kuba seemed like a pretty reputable guy, and he he said very high things about him. So um, who knows? Could be interesting. Alex, your take? Well, I mean, a youth signing is a youth signing. I'm kind of confused because I thought to some degree we couldn't make academy signings for a while. But I guess he, in this case, this would be kind of like we talked about in the squad assessment episode in which 
if you offer them a professional contract, then yeah. that that's how we're allowed to sign them currently, right? We can't sign them to the yeah, academy. Yeah, so. style. Would right. Yeah, so like the, the, he, he will play for the academy, but that's different than than being signed a professional contract, right? Yeah, and, the band's the band's up in November too, I think. So, but right. yeah, this would be a professional contract. It has to be. You know, why, right. why the heck else would he leave, would he leave? You know. Yeah, I mean, the only thing I have to say is our keeper situation is interesting. Jordan Pickford, based on our stats, is not the hottest prospect um, to start for Everton coming up. You know, we had Lossell go out on loan last season. Steck's gone. Um, Jow Virginia. He does. He seems like he doesn't have very much of a future at the club. I think we another youth keeper just left as well. I, I want to say he was a, a Ireland international. So yeah. it, it's it's just an interesting ordeal with keepers as well but uh nonetheless i'll stay tuned and if it happens i will wish him all the best at the club and hopefully we see him sometime in the future in the first team yeah i mean if anything it just seems like a 16 year old obviously one for the not immediate future be a long you sign him to a professional deal but probably with the expectation where give him a couple of years to develop at least you know who knows what his timeline would be but i mean again if if the scouts speak highly of him. I trust Marcel's scouting network. It could be an interesting signing with at least, you know, 500K. You're kind of taking a low risk investment on the kid. Could turn around and at least be a profitable, de- develop him and turn a profit on him in a few years, even if he doesn't eventually make it to the first team. I do like the fact that we're looking, you know, more long term with these types of signings, younger players with with the, the, the timeline in mind where we're looking four or five years down the line and not just the immediate future, one, two years. Um, so I, again, I, I know nothing about this kid. It seems like he's a bit of an unknown commodity, but trust in Marcel, as we will say on the show, probably a hundred more times before the window is out. I think that, that it could be a, a shrewd move. All right, folks. Well, that's going to do it for us. Hope you enjoyed listening to the transfers. If you agree, disagree with any of our takes, fire off on Twitter, let us know what you think, or join our discord at invite.gg slash ATP. Look forward to hearing from you guys. I obviously love hearing from everyone who listens. Appreciate your feedback and your opinions. And until next time, up the toffees. May the force be with you. (laughs) And also with you. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Come join our Discord community at invite.gg slash ATP and follow us on Twitter and Facebook at USA Toffee Pod. 